Hello. <laughs> Hello, Kelsey. So I'm not used to being up here, you guys. Um, uh, yeah, so let me start pounding the, the, the pulpit here. So it's great to see you if I could, but it's really strange. All I see is kind of dark, dark spaces there where the faces are supposed to go. So welcome, everybody. My name is Doug Freiberg. I'm one of the new elders at Sound City Bible Church. It's really great to see you guys here. Um, it was a, it's a beautiful morning outside. It's just, it's just gorgeous. And Linda and I have been gone. We are gone last week. And we really, I, I, we really miss when we're not here. We're going to be gone next Sunday too. But um, then we're done for a long time. So it's a joy to be with you guys here. Thanks to all brought, who brought food for the potluck and those that worked at the potluck. Uh, Linda has put all of your dishes, uh, if you know where the food was served, there is a table behind that right by the doors. So all of your dishes are stacked out there. Make sure as soon as we're done to grab it and uh, that way you go home with your stuff you brought. And that's the way a professional pastor does it. So I'm going to be just like him. Here we go. Um, and, and I also just felt that I wanted to say a thank you to just everybody who serves here. I know that um, so many people, it takes so many people to get all this going. And just a general thank you so much for serving. Um, let's see here. Well, let's just take a minute and pray. Father, I thank you for, um, I thank you for you. I thank you. You were good. And you are our, our dad. You're our father. And we come to you today and just ask that you would um, lead us, that you would uh, give us the right words to say. Father, that, that as we talk here, we could face some of the challenges, but at the same time, Lord, we can be excited about what you're doing in our, in our midst. So, Lord, I just ask that you would, um, that you'd be glorified, that we would honor you, that, that we would value you above everything else. We come to you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. So, just to give you a little overview of what we got going here, uh, Michael Eller will start first, uh, talking about an operations update. Uh, Travis Tuttle will talk about housekeeping. Alejandro is going to be talking about the financial update, and Aaron will be talking about the music and the network. And then there'll be a Q&A with the elders and with uh, Alejandro as well. And then we're going to spend some time in prayer uh, together, and we're supposed to close at about 2.45. Going to hold to that? Okay, we, got it. we have Shane also. And you guys, <laughs> uh, Shane, please forgive me. But I also came from a background that, that I, uh, our, Aaron, our pastors went by Dave and Wayne and that sort of thing. So Pastor Aaron, Pastor Travis, Pastor Shane, Pastor Jamin, and past, uh, that, that would be PDF, Pastor Doug Freiberg. Yeah, so I'm a portable document format. So anyway, um, and then we're going to do uh, a text questions to, uh, it's going to be up on the screen, 425-954-3514. So just call in your pledge. No, no, that's not what it's for. So. I think that's about it for now, and now I'm going to turn it over to the wonderful Michael Eller. Thank you. 
wow, I, uh, I did not know that he was that funny, and I did not come prepared with any jokes, so I'm sorry. Uh, my name is Michael Eller. I'm one of the staff members here at Sound City Bible Church. My job here is to oversee the various operations teams, so that is any of the various ministries you interact with when you come here on any given Sunday, whether it's people waving at you by the front door saying hi, or whether it's the coffee at the hospitality table, or security guarding the kids and keeping everyone safe, just that and many other things uh, that you guys experience on a Sunday and that serve you on Sundays is, is what I end up overseeing. And so before I start, uh, Pastor Doug already said this, but I, I just want to give a big thank you to anybody who serves at Sound City Bible Church in any capacity. And so if you guys could, could you guys just put your hands together and say thank you for all the people that serve you every Sunday? <clears throat> Yes, and it's, it's, I'm so thankful for the teams that we have here at this church body, and yeah, it's, it's just miraculous to see everyone here, week in and week out, giving of their time to love and serve each and every one of you and everyone else that's not here today. Uh, I have a few quick updates in regards to operations. Since we've moved in, the teams have been going very well. We've started up a few other teams, set up and tear down teams. We have a trailer team that shows up and helps load the trailer to the church and load it away from the church. Uh, And things have been going really well in all those aspects. But as we've been growing as a church, we also have realized that we do have some needs that need to be filled. And so as Pastor Aaron just got finished telling you guys during a sermon this morning uh, about money, I'm not going to talk to you about money, but I am going to talk to you about giving of something else, and that's your time. And so we have two pressing needs that... uh, I'm going to talk to you about this morning. One is at our Connect Desk, particularly for the 9 a.m. service, uh, we have this gal, Claudia St. Jacques. I don't know if you're here, Claudia. Are you here? All right. Somewhere. I hear woos. Okay, she's here. Um, She serves week in and week out every week at the 9 a.m. at the Connect Desk, and that is really important, and we, we thank her so much for that. But it would be really nice if we could give her a break. And so what that looks like is if you don't mind just coming in on any given morning and standing by the Connect Desk, we have all the forms and the webpage and everything already open, just being friendly and available to answer any questions. That's all we really ask of that person. And so if you feel like you would be good for that, and if you're interested in helping in that area and giving Claudia a little break, we would really appreciate it. So if you're interested in that, please feel free to email me, michael at soundcitybiblechurch.com, and I will go ahead and get you guys plugged in. Another need we have is at the 11 a.m. service, we need greeters. Uh, I don't know if you guys know how important greeting really is. It seems like such a small thing to wave and shake people's hands, but it's actually really critical, and it, it could really change the atmosphere for someone's day. There, there could be people that are walking through this door not doing very well, and a quick smile, good morning, and a handshake could really change things for them. And so our greeting team is really critical in making sure that you guys and people that are coming here for the first time feel very loved. And so I want to invite you guys, if you're available during the 11 a.m. service, it's a really small commitment to just stand out there, mostly until uh, worship ends, the first three songs, maybe five minutes into service. Uh, It's a really small ask, and it it makes a really big impact. And so... (laughs) Uh, With that being said, I want to say one last thing before I hand it off, and that's I would like uh, Dan and Jeanette to come up and join me on stage, please. Uh, Dan and Jeanette are service leads, and for those of you who don't know what that is, it means that they are basically the point of contact for everything that happens during their respective services. 
And so right here I have Jeanette. She is our 11 a.m. service lead, and Dan is our 9 a.m. service lead. And yes, thank you. <clears throat> yes, thank you guys so much, because I don't, I don't know if you guys will ever know how much work they really do to make Sundays go off without a hitch. If, if there's ever any fires or, or holes missing that need to be filled, these guys are there to help get that filled and see those needs met. And so they do a ton to just really help things flow well on Sundays. And so thank you guys for clapping for them. I just want to give you guys a big thank you and say I really appreciate all the work you do. And I wanted to bring them up here, most importantly for you guys, so that you can know who they are. And if you're at the 9 a.m. for Dan or the 11 a.m. for Jeanette and, and there's anything small, there's water missing out at the hospitality table or there's toilet paper that's low in the bathrooms, we know that's really important. And so please feel free to find one of them. And, of course, if you can't find one of them, you could also find me and uh, we'll make sure that that all gets taken care of. And so thank you, guys. You can take your seats. Thank you again. <clears throat> And so with that being said, and with Pastor Aaron okaying that I didn't miss anything, uh, oh, kids ministry, record attendance? Oh, record attendance. Oh, yeah. I don't English good, guys. Um, so so we, we have had consecutively for two, the past two weeks in a row, is that right? Record attendance in our kids ministry at, at over 140 kids. And that is huge, Yes. And so, with that being said, uh, in case you guys didn't know, Pastor Shane will be up here later, and he's going to give us an update on that and uh, talk about some serving opportunities there as well. But with that being said, I think that's it. Okay. Uh, I would like to invite, pa invite Pastor Travis up to take over and give us more updates. Thank you, guys. So... It was clear that I was not at the planning meeting when this meeting was put together because I got housekeeping. That's a real sexy, fun topic. So when you're vacuuming, if you... No. Um, some of y'all are a little slow. All right. So a couple, a couple of actual items that are kind of family business here. Um, one area that we need your help with is in this space. We have this beautiful building that we're given access to. However, we are actually not renting the entire high school. Uh, we rent the two wings that the kids are in, the foyer uh, right out here in the, the area and kind of spilling into the table area and, and the sanctuary, but the rest of the building we're not renting. Uh, consequently, what that means is we need your help uh, because the kids are beginning to run rampant all over the building. Uh, and that's creating a couple of areas of risk. Uh, number one, there are often other people that are using the building on the weekends. So if they end up on some other wing uh, that might be open, and next thing you know, they're in a hallway with strangers, and so there's a, an, an actual threat we need to be just aware of. Uh, we also... Um, as the kids are running around, there's all sorts of fun places to find. And, and like literally just today, some of them found the sound booth that has stairs that goes up to the catwalk. And they were playing around in the catwalk. Um, so we're just asking. Um, actually, whoever came and told me, I was just waiting for them to say it was my boy. Because I I've almost weekly have to sit down with Gideon and say, buddy, I know the other kids are running around, but we're not allowed to run around. Like you need to stay and so our rule for him has been stay where I can see you, no going upstairs, 
and no going to the far end of the building. So if we can just, if y'all can help, keep the kids right in the foyer. Uh, a good rule of thumb for them is, hey, stay where I can see you. Don't go upstairs and stay on this end of things. Um, but even down here, like there are closets where we store stuff that sometimes are open. So I'll find the kids playing in the closets, but there's like stacked tables that could fall on them. And so just encouraging them to stay in the foyer would be helpful. Um, and there's insurance issues, liability, all of that. I'm sure y'all can appreciate just kind of the implications. Um, and it might even be helpful for a while because as new folks come and the kids, they're not going to know, they're going to run around. And, and so as much as it's hard to correct someone else's children, like if we can all kind of help, like as kids are running off, just, hey, we're not allowed to go down there. Um, I, I know no one likes to be the bad guy, but if we can all help with that. Yeah, thank you. Genesee, you can, she can be that guy for all of us. All right. Um, so there's one other quick area I'll touch on, um, and, and this kind of relates to all of us just uh, being conscious and aware um, of how we're creating or not creating a hospitable environment. So we are finding that while there are a ton of seats in here, plenty of room for our church, um, they're not exactly laid out in the most efficient manner. Um, and so what's happening is um, if you're in here at the start of the service, which if y'all don't know, it starts at 9, not 9.15, and um, the other one starts at 11, not 11.15. So what will happen is at the start of the service, the four of us that are in here uh, will watch this mad dash of people coming through. They come through and they sit right at the ends. And what we've actually seen on a number of occasions now is people that come in a little bit late will walk in the top. They'll see that the end seats are taken. They don't want to walk down to the front. They'll literally walk out and leave and not come to the service. Um, So as simple as it may seem, by sitting on the ends, we are literally like watching people walk out the door because they don't feel welcome here. So every week we say, hey, if you're sitting on the ends, please scoot to the middle. And sometimes people move. A lot of times people don't. Um, so we're just kind of raising as a as family business here. Um, it really does mean a lot. When you come in, number one, we would ask that y'all start coming in on time. So come, chat early, get your coffee earlier, and come in like before the service starts. Uh, we're actually working to get a system where we can um, uh, have the the sermon going on in the foyer, and with that, we'll also be able to tell people, like, hey, it's sermon starting in five minutes, or the service is starting in five minutes, come on in. So we'll try and give some reminders in the future. Um, we're trying to get that system set up, but it'd be really helpful if you can get here, come in before the service starts, and then when you sit down, come into these front areas, or if you're up top, just scoot into the middle so that we're uh, making it easier and more hospitable for folks that are coming in. So I think that's all for me, and uh, I actually have no idea who's next, but... I'll trust y'all do. <laughs> so here we go, Alejandro. Yeah. So uh, for those of y'all that don't know, Alejandro, uh, or as we like to affectionately call him, thanks to Dale, Ali Rondo. Um, Dale has not been able to pronounce his name yet. So Ali Rondo, um, um, Ali Rondo over uh, is part of the financial accountability team and has uh, just really stepped forward to help take initiative to help us work on quarterly revisions and things like that. So he's going to walk through some of the numbers for you guys, um, but if y'all could give him a hand of applause for helping serve on the FAT team. I'm, I'm instantly um, a little insecure about the 20 slides that I did. I, you didn't tell me that was too many, but um, yeah, and and. Financial stuff can sometimes be like going through and giving a weather report, but I'll try not to do that too much. Um, But there are some things that we want to highlight, and um, being on the financial accountability team, um, we spend a lot of time on the budget, and, you know, looking at giving is a big part of the budget. It's um, really important, and, you know, 
I want to just give an op- take an opportunity to say thanks to everybody for sacrificial giving. Um, I think we've got some really great numbers to look at here for Q1. So um, first off, I just say give yourself a round of applause for, for your giving. So... Yeah, they're, uh, you guys are very precise givers, I'll say that much. <laughs> but, the, so the way that this works, so we, this is hot off the press, we just got data through September, um, and so the way that we've budgeted, uh, you know, being that we're a new church, we don't have a whole lot of um, months under our belt yet, um, for for the purposes of revenue, what we've done is kind of taken out some big gifts and then really done a straight-line approach. So um, regular giving is, is important, and this is something that I'm, I'm guilty of, is not being so erratic with the giving because it helps us to really uh, budget more precisely. Um, so what we've done is we've budgeted 86000 every month. Um, that's a cumulative total of just over a million dollars in revenue. And what you can see for July is we just beat that. August, we exceeded it by almost 9,000 and then almost 6,500 in September. So the good news is through Q1, we are about 6% up on revenue above budget or about 16,000. So good news. And then we can go to the next slide. Um, and this, I don't know, maybe this isn't interesting to anybody, but I thought I'd include it because it was kind of interesting to me, which was just when you look at the attendance and, and you look at really, you know, what is the give, how does the giving match attendance? Um, I don't know. It's a little interesting that it, you've got really between 200 and 220 per uh, adult that is given on a monthly basis. Um, and then it also does show the, the growth that we've seen both in in adults and in kids. And so over the first three months, um, attendance has grown on average about 13%. So uh, that's great. More people coming, more people meeting Jesus. Uh, We love that. And then, um, and then, so the other part of the equation is looking at expenses. And, and, and so we've exceeded on giving. Uh, When you look at expenses, it's also a great note here that um, first for the first three months, <clears throat> we've been under our budgeted, um, excuse me, expenses, operating expenses in total, um, a cumulative amount of about 50000 So we're about 20, 20% under our expected operating expenses. And that's everything in there. That, everything is rolled up in there. So you're talking, you know, you're talking rent, you're talking salaries, you're talking benefits, um, you know, coffee, all the supplies, everything that we use to operate as a church folds into that amount. So long story short, revenue strong, uh, expenses are good. Um, it's a great first quarter, great start to the year. Yes. And then um, one other thing that, that I wanted to spend just a, a couple of minutes on is um, the way that we've approached budgeting, like I've said, we set an initial budget that we, we live by, but because we're a newer church, um, it's, we felt it's really important to take an opportunity every quarter to look at 
what our, uh, not only what our, what our revenue is and our expenses, but what are our priorities and what are different ways that the elder team have seen that we can love on the church, the community, and that means revisions to the budget. And so we now have a forum to do that. So we, as the financial accountability team, Dale, treasurer, and then the, the pastors, we all get together and we kind of hash out what are, the, what are the things that we can be doing to better love and serve the body. And these aren't finalized for Q1, but these are just some ideas of the things that we're, that we're looking at. Um, obviously, number one has, has been finalized, and that is uh, uh, the addition of a six-month stipend for the music and production coordinator role. That is uh, Pete Wilson. Um, so he's, he's coming on as in a kind of a six-month trial, and if you don't like him, then we'll just send him on his way. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, we... We got to play with him today, and it was it was great. He's um, he's already been a big blessing to us in the in the music department. Um, one of the other things that the pastors have mentioned to us is, um, you know, continuing to invest in leadership is is hugely important. And one of the things that we're going to try to find some room in the budget to do is to create the ability to sponsor all of the or about ten of the community group leaders and coaches to attend a local conference um, that really is all about being missional and being and serving a, a, a local community. So that's something that we're working on trying to get uh, room in our budget for, um, you know, and, and the other things are just examples that we're, that we're evaluating, but these are things that are real and that maybe we didn't know when we were work, working on the budget back in April, but they're before us now and we have a, we have a really good forum to evaluate those things. Um, and then so uh, the last slide, just uh, kind of a recap on, on a few different numbers. Um, our, our original budget and revenue, like I said, that stays flat. So we budgeted to hit just over a million in revenue, and we are tracking just a little bit ahead of that through the first quarter. Um, annual expenses, if we make some of the, the, the suggested changes that we're looking at for Q1, uh, we'll bring down our net income or, or what we put in the bank for savings just a little bit. But our expenses also are, are tracking less than what we've budgeted. So, um, but these are the things that we're looking at. And like I said, we're, we're evaluating every quarter to see what, you know, what makes sense. How do we, how do we steward the resources that, that we've been given to the, the best of our abilities um, Travis and I, we've spent some time hashing out some of these things. Where can we cut? Where can we adjust? Um, so it's been a really healthy dialogue. And I think, you know, one of the things that, that I just want the congregation to know is that we have that real healthy tension or balance where, you know, we've got folks that are full on the gas pedal and others that are on the brake, and we kind of find a nice balance in between. Um, and so uh, there's an update on that. And then uh, the, I think we've got one more slide here. Uh, so to recap also a few other things, um, good trajectory on, on revenue, good trajectory on expenses. Uh, we do still have a, a building fund. Uh, there's a few people that know that because we have 16000 in there in the first three months. But, and, and this building's great and everything, but, um, you know, I don't know, continue to give to that? Okay. Uh, so continue giving that. Um, and then also I wanted to to uh, update you on something that uh, Dale shared back in June, which is what is our cash position? Um, and so we've been really blessed to continue to grow the assets that we have in the bank. And in, since June, we've uh, grown that almost $100,000. So we've just hit a million that, that sit in reserves. 
and, and then lastly, um, another goal that we have is just to save 10% of what we receive as income, uh, just as a discipline. Um, even though our budget has a slightly under that, the way that we're running so far uh, looks like we will probably hit that easily this year. So um, again, thanks for your giving. Continue to give uh, faithfully, sacrificially, cheerfully. And uh, that's all I got for you. Yeah, we're so grateful for folks like Alejandro who um, don't get a salary from you guys from the church and who serve really tirelessly, he and Dale, many, many others. And so really grateful for, again, all of you who serve so faithfully. Thanks so much for that. Hey, before we go further, are we able to get that text, um, the Q&A text yeah. If any of you have questions or if you just want to write that down, take a picture of it, whatever you want to do, uh, just so you have that in case you have a question along the way. And so that, that way you'll have that for our Q&A time here in uh, just a little bit. So we'll give you another couple seconds on that. Or you can leave it up maybe for a minute. Um, so Michael uh, referred to me speaking more about kids. That really wasn't on my agenda today. He was supposed to speak about those serving opportunities. So one demerit for him. Um, but... <laughs> Really, what he was supposed to be telling you is just that that's another area of significant need. With, those, with that record attendance, we just really continue to need folks uh, to come and, and love on the kids. And we talk about serving in a couple different ways. We talk about serving according to your gifting, and we want everyone serving according to their spiritual gifts. Um, but then there's also just kind of there's, there's just the chores. There's the ways that we all chip in to help raise the family. And so even if that's not your particular area of, of gifting, if you're willing to say, hey, I've been served by the kids' ministry, um, I want to give a little bit back to that at least so others can have the benefit of that, that would, be, that would mean a ton to us, and it would uh, really help those who serve uh, biweekly, even weekly, to, um, to really get a chance to have a break as well. And so if you, especially if you are blessed by the kids' ministry, if you'd be willing to serve in that area, that would be really, really great. Come talk to any of us, and we can get you pointed in the right direction. Now, uh, a couple other quick updates, and then uh, we'll keep moving forward. Uh, first, the, the church health team. So you guys know we have a couple different teams. Alejandro and Dale and others are on the financial accountability team. Then we also have the church health team. I don't have a ton to report to you in that area. We did have a leadership transition uh, when the Joneses um, left us here earlier in the summer to, to move on uh, to pastors a little bit pastures a little bit further east. And so um, we've had a little bit of a leadership gap there. Sienna was leading that team, and we've met twice now since uh, since she since they moved. And so just want want to let you know there is activity going on there. Met with a couple of the gals on the team today, even uh, for a little bit during the first service just to talk about some of the steps we're taking. So we'll have more for you as the year uh, winds to a close here over the next few months, more to share. But just want to let you know that uh, we do have that team kicked back up and going again, and so we should have some information for you uh, coming soon in that area. Um, and then I uh, also want to talk a little bit about uh, care and counseling. So when Michael came on board on the staff team, what that did is that freed up uh, Kyle to have a little bit more time for some other things because Kyle was previously doing some of the operations-type roles. Uh, now that Michael has a hold of that and Kyle was doing students and some of the operations stuff, now he's had a little bit more time freed up. And so what that's allowed me to do now is begin to shift some of those kids' responsibilities, especially on Sundays, to, to Kyle so that he can be a little bit more involved in that. And then that will allow me to move on as well to, to, to helping out with some other things. And one of those areas where we're hoping to spend a little more time in, in the next years is uh, in the area of care and counseling. 
And many of you have asked about uh, redemption groups. So many of you have fond memories. Uh, Most of you who have been through redemption groups have fond memories of redemption groups. Um, But I think everybody sees the real value that they brought to the table for uh, for Mars Hill. We haven't had something like that per se since uh, since we've replanted. Um, What we want you to know is that that is coming. And so uh, we realize the the deep importance of those kinds of teachings, teachings related to our identity in Christ and uh, just being able to have some of those tools at our disposal. As we, as we walk through life and uh, figure out who we are in him. And so what we're going to do is probably something that's going to be called identity groups, and that, that'll be our approximation here at Sound City of what redemption groups was. Uh, there'll be some similarities. There'll be some differences. And there's a couple different ways in which we're going to implement that. We'll probably be implementing uh, a part of it that is uh, more of a training for leaders. We'll probably, probably also have kind of a second part of it that is just for those folks who really feel like they're in need of that more personally. And then there are some creative ways that we're talking about, about uh, ways that we might even introduce it to the whole congregation as well. And so there's still a lot to be fleshed out, um, but probably come January, you're going to start hearing uh, much more about, or even toward the end of the year, uh, about how that's going to begin to flesh itself out. And if you are someone who uh, has been involved in some of the counseling ministries in the past or involved in redemption groups in the past or anything similar to that, um, I'm building a little bit of a team of folks who are interested in helping with that. I've already talked to some of you that are in here, uh, but if you, if that sounds like you. I'd love to hear from you in that regard as well. Um, Let's see. Anything else? Um, I think that's probably it for me. Uh, Who do we have next? We have Aaron. Are you coming next? The most efficient family gathering in the history of family gatherings even Alarondo's financial update was like seven minutes flat. My goodness. So I'm just going to take up the next hour and talk. For, no, I'm just kidding. Um, so appreciate the team. So appreciate uh, the leaders uh, that God has brought. And, and kind of like to reiterate what Pastor Shane was just saying. Yeah, part of this season of growth for us is really being able to identify uh, the different members of the team to carve out their area of service, their area of expertise, and being able to kind of focus in. And so obviously one of those is having uh, Pete come on board for leading the music and the production. We're already seeing good fruit coming from that. And I've got nothing but uh, reason to anticipate that that's going to continue going forward in the future. So really thankful for him and his leadership in that. Thankful for Kyle. Uh, we didn't give you any official slot this week, but uh, you have been doing just a phenomenal job with the students and as you're taking on more of the kids' responsibility as well. So kind of a kind of think of Kyle as like a next generation sort of guy. And, and, and let me just highlight him in specific. Those of you who know Kyle, you know that he has a, a gift of evangelism. You can't take that guy anywhere without him telling somebody about Jesus. I'm like, man, cool it, buddy. No, it's awesome. And and here's why this is so important. Because we live and, and for, for the most part uh, exist in a largely suburban context, Children and students are a primary way to meet and to engage with our neighbors and with the people that we're around. Those of you who live in the suburbs know it can be hard to meet your neighbors. It can be hard to engage in meaningful relationship with people who are more concerned about kind of comfort and convenience and just keeping to themselves in their nice cul-de-sac. Well, Kyle is a godsend who can then kind of get in their lives through children and, and family lives. And actually, it's amazing. My own children are inviting their friends from school, from the neighborhood. They're bringing them to students. They're bringing them to the younger students on Sunday and we're starting to see uh, fruit. New families joining the church. Even just today, a family that one of the children invited said, no, we'd like to join the church officially. So we might do that member class thing and stuff. They've been coming for the last month. It's amazing to see that kind of fruit that God is bringing. So Kyle, even though we didn't give you a specific spot, kudos to you. We love you, bro. You're doing an amazing job. 
And Michael, despite your demerits, you're doing all right too, buddy. We like you. A couple quick things. There's a holiday called Christmas uh, that's coming up. And it falls on a Sunday this year. And so that presents some unique challenges for us as a church. Uh, I don't mean to sound too pessimistic, but I'm afraid if we held Sunday morning services, it would be just me, Michael, and Kyle. So... What we're planning on doing is this. It's been in the at-a-glance. We'll start to do some more specific communications. Here's what we're planning on doing. We are going to do two big, super fun, blowout Christmas Eve services on Saturday night, a 5 p.m. and a 7 p.m. The 5 p.m. will have full children's ministry. The 7 p.m. will not. So if you're um, someone who has that flexibility in your schedule, especially for those without kids or just with older kids, you want to bring them in, uh, come to the 7 and, and save that space at the 5 p.m. for the families with younger children. And on Christmas Sunday, get this, we are not going to do any church services on Christmas Sunday morning. We really want you to enjoy time with your family, to enjoy time with friends, maybe seek to be uh, engaging, reach out, find somebody in your neighborhood, invite somebody from the church who maybe doesn't have family locally, and love and serve and care for them that way. Then on New Year's Sunday, Sunday, similar sort of an issue. New Year's Eve is Saturday night. I know y'all are going to be up until 12.01 a.m., and then you're going to immediately go to bed like responsible people. Uh, But what we have decided to do, what we've opted to do, is just do the 11 o'clock service only. We're going to do it more family style, and so we'll have uh, children four years and younger. There'll be like nursery and and, and room for the toddlers, preschoolers, and then the older kids will be in there with us. So the holiday schedule is going to be a little bit unique, uh, but we want to do this again Partly because we want to give you guys the opportunity to spend time with family. Partly because we do really value all of the effort and energy and time that you who are serving and volunteering put in. And for those who are in the children's ministry. And so we just want to be able to say, hey, listen, let's, let's make it easier for ourselves this holiday. Let's not seek to burn people out. Let's seek to love uh, the body, the volunteers, the staff, all of, the, uh, all of you who are involved. So that's the plan. Mark that down. We will be definitely, definitely communicating more about that as the months go on because <clears throat> we know that's a bit of a change, and so we want to make sure that people are aware of that. Yo. Okay. Yep. Gotcha. Thank you. Yeah, we'll, we'll have more specific communication about that. Now, the last part, and I'll take a few more minutes on this because it is really important for us. Uh, Hopefully, most of you or some of you had an opportunity to look at the series of blog posts that I put up earlier this week on our church website. But we are seeking, as a church, uh, coming up on our our, our two-year-old birthday. It's actually funny. As I hear Alejandro talking, like, we're still a newer church. We we feel that way. But I can't believe it's almost been two years. And and, uh, I was the lead pastor of Mars Hill Shoreline for eight and a half months. And I've almost been a pastor of Sound City Bible Church for two years. So it's over twice as long. Like when I think about like the last three years, it's just weird to think about that. Anyways, all that to say, we have been very carefully, very thoughtfully, and quite slowly, intentionally, uh, pursuing the idea of a network, of joining a church network. And we have gone slowly, number one, because we really want to make sure that we don't just jump into something. We want to be wise and thoughtful and really, as the elder team, unified about this. The other thing that happened was this thing called we had to move. And so that set us back, oh, four to six months in our planning and preparation because that took a lot of effort and energy to do. So now that we're through that, we, we picked back up conversations. And let me just start, and, and I'll kind of recap the blog post. There's more information. But I'm just going to talk briefly through this. First of all, why would we even want to network in the first place? And I think the simple answer to that is we believe in intentional relationship. 
myself, the other pastors on, on, on the elder team, we have relationships with lots of other pastors, lots of other churches, both in the greater Seattle area and, and literally around the country, even around the world. We have relationships. That's not a problem. The, the thing is, though, where are their intentional relationships? Some of you know, you know, you can have friends, you can have people in your life, but there's just something valuable about saying, Thursday nights, we're going to meet and we're going to have community group and we're going to intentionally invest in one another's lives. And that's kind of, excuse me, the starting point for us joining a network. It's the intentional investment in relationship more than just the casual investment in relationship. The second reason why we would want to join a network at all is for some sense of accountability. Now, a network is not a denomination. That's been so far the number one question I've received is, does that mean that they're in charge of us? Does that mean we have to submit to their authority? Does that mean they're going to boss us around? And the answer to that is no, absolutely not. Denominations have authority over local churches. A network is a voluntary association that we intend to make ourselves accountable to. Uh, we believe that the local church is to be governed by a plurality of elders. We, as a team, hold one another accountable. We also know that it's sometimes possible for an entire team of elders to get off the rails, and so we want to have that measure of accountability of people who are wise and who are experienced in ministry to be able to speak into our lives as a team and provide that support and accountability for us. The third thing is we want to join with something that's bigger than ourselves. Um, I, I, I believe that one of the greatest risks that we run, one of the greatest dangers to Sound City Bible Church is the propensity to become self-focused. And again, this is partly due to our American culture at large. We're very self-focused. Suburban areas, we're largely focused on our own comfort and convenience. We as a church, having gone through a fairly traumatic, you know, death of one church, replanting of another, we could be very uh, quick to jump into the, well, how does this help me? How does this benefit me? Uh, sort of mentality. And, and joining a network means we have built-in opportunities to be reminded, hey, we're part of something bigger than us. There's church plants happening around the country. There's church plants happening around the world. We're part of this network, this group of churches. We get to get together and hear stories of God's grace and people meeting Jesus in, in Hawaii to Kentucky to places like Florida or wherever all else that, that the, the network has churches. We want to be a part of something that's just bigger than ourselves. Number fourth reason why we would want to network, again, this is just in general, is to have available to ourselves resources and help. You know, as we, we are still a young church, and that means there are many things we're trying to figure out. So I'll just give you one example. We talked about even today benevolence, being able to give to the needs of those in our church. Now, we have some experience in that, but there are churches out there that are doing that already, and they're doing it really well. And being part of a network means we can pick up the phone and say, hey, we need someone to help us walk through a benevolence process or to build out these systems, and we can have access to all of those sorts of resources and help. And then number five this one was kind of for me personally, and then I took it back to the elder team, and we all uh, agreed. When we first were really just uh, thinking through and praying through the idea of why should we join a network, we just kept thinking, well, what does it do for us? What does it do for us? What does it do for us? How does it help us? And I was praying one night in my bed. It was the night before an elder meeting, and I felt like God spoke to my heart pretty clearly. Hey, you can contribute something too. The fact of the matter is, as a less than two-year-old church replant, we have an elder team of five men. We have a staff of uh, three, well, a couple of assistant full-time, a couple of part-time. We have over a million dollars in the bank. We have community groups up and running. We have a kick-butt worship and music department. You guys, God has been so good to us, right? And so I, I kind of thought, oh, 
Thank you, Jesus, for reminding me of my selfishness. We have something to contribute as well. And there are brand new church plants that need help with kids ministry or need, maybe they just need finances. We actually have finances that we could help and we could contribute uh, to help see new churches launch. So that was why we would want to network in general. Now, why Sojourn specifically? Sojourn, uh, the, the Sojourn Network comes out of Sojourn Community Church. Sojourn Community Church was planted in uh, Louisville, Kentucky. The, the planting pastor's name is Daniel Montgomery. I've got to spend some time with him on occasion. He started the church, and then he started the network, and uh, actually, about a year and a half ago, handed off the leadership of the network to a man named Dave Harvey. Dave Harvey is a pastor in Florida. He's not actually connected with uh, Sojourn Community Church directly in any way, shape, or form. He's just a part of the network, and they're trying to diversify the leadership of the network so that the leaders of the network are not all the same leaders of the church. But we do have some friends that are on the uh, on staff with the church or on the board of the network. Uh, and the first one is a guy named Brad House, who some of you will remember from back in the Mars Hill days. So when I first moved to Seattle, I was an intern for a while with uh, my, my good friend uh, Bubba Jennings. And then I actually got hired on staff. And the job I got hired to do was to be an assistant to Brad House when he was the pastor over community groups. So I spent, oh, about six months, well, maybe not quite six months, working for him and developing a good close relationship. There's also a man, uh, you, some of you might remember if you were around a long time ago back in the day at Marcel, a man named Tim Belts. And Tim Belts was, um, I think he was on the board of Krista Ministries, wasn't he on the board with Krista and King Schools and all of that? And then actually um, Shane, Pastor Shane, when he flew, it was 0708 to do retrain, uh, he was flying up from Texas to do training at Marisol Church. Tim Belts was one of the cohort supervisors, and he spent a lot of time with Tim back in the day. Well, both of those men are on the board of the Sojourn Network. They both left Marisol Church about 2012, and, and both landed there in Louisville, Kentucky. So as Marisol was shutting down, and as Sound City was getting ready to launch, I just picked up the phone, I called Brad House, and said, hey, talk to me about this network. And, and since then, we've seen there's a lot of uh, just good pre-existing relationship. There's, there's roots there. Um, some of you remember Miles Rohde that came and preached for us uh, from Redemption Church in Spokane. They have officially been adopted into the Sojourn Church Network. They actually went faster than we did. Uh, some of you might remember uh, uh, Foundation Church up in Everett, what was Mars Hill Church in Everett. They are officially in the Sojourn Network as well. So there's a lot of pre-existing relationship. They just went faster than us because they didn't have to move in the last six months. Uh, but that is something that's so important for us is to have those relationships, not only with the leadership, but with other network churches we have had um, on various occasions with, with most of the elder team and then all of the elder team uh, dinners and meals spent with Dave Harvey when he flew out to Seattle to meet with some of the other churches. Really rich time, really enjoyed our, our time with him. And so there is a lot of relationship already there. We didn't want to just shoehorn something. We really wanted it to be natural. And I, and I belabor this point just a little bit because one of the main things I've heard from a lot of you, what about Acts 29? Why don't we join Acts 29? I literally, all, the only Acts 29 pastors that I know, uh, I have either met in the last six months or uh, are back in Alaska, uh, friends of mine back in Alaska. There's just not a lot of relationship with our leadership team and the Acts 29 leadership team. And so we said, no, we want to go where there's relationship because that's a value to us as a church. Um, obviously, there's deep theological and missional alignment. I, I kind of hope that that one would go without saying. Um, we're not joining a... 
uh, a network or group that has significant areas of disagreement with us. Um, I really like that they have a focus on arts and culture and creativity. And as we seek to invest in our, our music and our worship and that sort of an engagement with the culture, um, they have been a leader in that area for a number of years. Even when I was a worship pastor at my church back in Alaska, we were singing Sojourn Church songs. Uh, it was a pretty regular part uh, of, our, of our rhythm. And some of the songs that we sing here today come out of the Sojourn Church and, and music movement. And so we like that. Uh, number four, they're focused on healthy churches and healthy teams. They do want to grow, but there are some uh, church networks or groups we've talked to where just the focus is so much on grow, 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 plant, 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 plant. I feel like they uh, kind of miss out on the whole, hey, grow healthy. Um, you know, you can, grow, you can grow unhealthy, like steroids will help you grow, but that's not good. Um, then all your hair falls out, or you can grow in a healthy manner, Sojourn is really focused on growing healthy uh, churches and healthy leadership teams. They're not exclusively focused on the lead pastor or the preaching pastor. They really are focused on uh, the whole church and the whole leadership team growing together. And then lastly, we have already seen their care and their support lived out. So some of these ones, are like you know, they're making these offers of care and support. Well, we have witnessed it firsthand um, with both of the other churches that I mentioned, with Foundation Church in Everett and Redemption Church in Spokane. I have gotten to witness firsthand the way that the network has loved, supported, served, and cared for them. So I feel highly confident that we're not jumping into this relationship saying, oh, I really hope they come through on their end. No, we've seen them uh, make good on their offer of love, care, and support. And so I'm really, really grateful for that. Practically, what this means for us is that we are going to uh, give a financial contribution to the network. Uh, what the network asks for is 5% of your budget, 5% of your annual revenue supported to the network. Now, that money, uh, all of the money that comes in, 60% of the money that Sojourn Network takes in goes directly back out to church plants. And 40% goes to more of the in-house costs, whether that's staffing, um, hosting conferences, things like that. And so of the money that we're giving, 60% of it literally just directly goes back out to other church plants. So I'm not a mathematician. What's 60% of 5%? Two and, a, two and three quarters percent or something? 3%? Thank you. Is that the accountant in the matter or is that Josh? Okay, close enough. So a, a significant portion of the money that comes in is going to go right out to church plants, church plants that have been theologically vetted, pastors that have been trained and tested, and church plants that are going out supported by a church planting network instead of just trying to do, uh, go it alone from day one. I think that's a good thing. I think that's a really good thing for us to be able to give and to contribute to the work of the gospel going out with these new church plants. Uh, some of that means we're going to participate in things like conferences or cohorts or other just phone conversations, just relationship. Uh, I personally have been doing a monthly uh, online video conference call with all of the West Coast Sojourn pastors and, and others like myself and like ourselves who are kind of in the process of being adopted. And so we're doing that once a month. Uh, there's going to be a conference at the end of October. We're actually going to take excuse me, most of our elders and most of our staff team to go to the Sojourn Conference in Louisville, Kentucky, uh, just to, to be there, to be encouraged, to be refreshed, to be a part of that uh, conference so that we can come back to you and have a, a large group of us being able to um, really explain to you the heart of the network and explain to you what it is that we're getting ourselves in for. Uh, you can pray for me and Jamin in particular. Pastor Jamin agreed to stay behind with me so that we can fly out a red eye overnight and the rest of the team is taking some cushy afternoon flight and we're all mad at them. So 
Uh, and then lastly, yeah, non-financial support of church plants. Again, being a part of a network means that somebody else is going to come along and they're going to need some help. And so we're going to have our team, you know, maybe Kyle gets on the phone and does some coaching with somebody at a brand new church that's trying to launch a student ministry. And he says, well, here's how we've done it these last two years. Or maybe, maybe the Sojourn Church in Hawaii needs someone to come preach for them. I don't know. Just however we're going to serve, however we need to sacrifice and serve, we'll do it. Uh, but it just, it just means... It, other ways of connecting and serving and helping, not just receiving, but really giving back into the network. So we feel really excited about this. We feel really thankful about this opportunity that God has provided for us. And I'm looking forward to being able to uh, go to this conference here at the end of October. And then we're going to start walking through some more of the official adoption steps. Now, I want you to hear me clearly on this. This is not 100% finalized or set in stone. Uh, We do feel like we as the elder team, we really do feel like we have done our homework We have been patient, we've gone slowly, and we really do feel like this is the direction that God is leading us in, but it's not, it's not set in stone. Um, And part of that process, we're not doing an official, you know, what do we do, our 21-day period of review? It's not officially that, but we're kind of basically thinking along those lines. You, the members, and the, and the, um, particularly the covenant members, and those of you who are kind of in that process, we really value your, your questions, your input, your opinion, and so we want to enter into this, uh, this season wisely and really having a well-informed and fully bought-in membership. So with that said, what I'd like to do is I'd like to invite the rest of the team. We're about eight minutes ahead of schedule. Let me have uh, Doug and Jimin and Shane and Alejandro, you want to join us too? Or wait, I guess there's only five chairs. You sit over there. Um, I can stand too. Um, we've got some questions that have been coming in. I know some of you don't have, maybe your texting isn't working in here. And so in a minute, maybe we'll be brave and just let you shout it out. But uh, why don't you guys grab a chair here and then we'll see if we can answer some of these questions that are coming in. All right, Travis, you want to take point? Uh, sure. How do you calculate giving by adults and kids? Uh, historically, uh, there was kind of adult meant like family units. Uh, I think Alejandro literally just did a how many adults are attending, like our attendance figures, and divided by, by the amount of giving. So I think it was a more straightforward number. Talk about giving units, though, too, because that's part of what we're trying to refine those numbers, right? Like that's the process going right now? Um, <laughs> my understanding was that we're working. Actually, Alejandro, would you join us for a minute? Because we talked about this the other day about trying to get really more specific data from our accountants and things like that. So could you just give a little talk about some of that? Yeah, so we have a new accounting firm that we're working with now, and uh, we've been with them since, what, June? Yeah. Something like that? Is it January? No. Well, we have reporting through June. I know that much. So um, so the reporting still, we, we're, you know, we're, there's a bit of a crosswalk that you have to do with your old accountant's information and the new information. And so we're trying to find a good way to, to do that, to meld it together, and then find what kind of metrics will be helpful for everybody. Um, so th- these numbers in particular really are just an average of the attendance by week and the giving for that month. So um, that's, that's how you get to those numbers. I sent you a couple of jokes. They're not. <laughs> Have we looked into the possibility of utilizing Right Now Media for our church members and potentially for our community groups as well? Who sent that in? Who did send that in? Michael? Gerard. <laughs> <laughs> um, Gerard. So uh, 
I was not familiar with Right Now Media. Uh, our old intern, Katie, uh, her husband called and said, hey, I'm the old intern's husband. I'm going to be in town. I'd love to meet with you. She was a young intern. She wasn't an old intern. She was, so she was young. Previous intern. She was a previous intern. <laughs> Um, but so we uh, got to hear about Right Now Media. For those of y'all that aren't familiar, Right Now Media basically provides Netflix-style uh, service, but it's all Christian living content. Um, and they have thousands and thousands of kid program videos, of classes on like any subject you'd want to search, marriage. And so you can have like a seminar uh, from you know, people speaking through marriage content, conflict resolution, uh, just literally Christian living topics. Uh, and so uh, we heard and we're like, wow, uh, this would actually be a great resource. So if a community group's like, man, we're really wrestling with X, we have not really had the bandwidth to go vet and find resources. And, and so we know that we have wanted to find a way to provide better resources to use a, a church body. So um, I was hearing all this, and I'm like, there's no way it's going to be hugely expensive to provide that type of media service. And then I found out they have a terrible business model. <laughs> um, they base the payment on what your current church size is, and once you lock in, that is the rate forever. They will not allow individuals to sign up. Uh, they want the churches to shepherd the people. So for a church our size, it's $200 a month. And if we grow 10 times as big, it will still be $200 a month. And then we get to invite all of y'all and y'all would have access to all of the content. So that is a budget revision we are working on to get put in place and uh, hoping to roll that out. Uh, we were thinking we'd do it as like a Thanksgiving gift uh, to all of you. So that's what we're hoping to do. Um, yeah. So there you go. Right now, media. Lori McKinley. I gave the elders an idea for gluten-free slash allergy-free communion. Is that being considered? Yes, it's being considered. <laughs> I've already talked a lot. Yeah, I mean, part of it is um, trying to see if there's a, a reasonable costing one that doesn't take a lot of, of extra hours. So, so one of the things that's happening behind the scenes that you guys don't know about, we have our, our teams that all show up first thing in the morning, but then Michael and a few other, well, Michael on staff and then a few other volunteers, they are like literally putting stuff in their car on a, you know, early on a Sunday morning or a Thursday night and, and like tr shuttling stuff back and forth. So there are, uh, I mean, Michael, I'm not trying to throw you under the bus or anything, but there was like, what, two or three things already even just this morning that you had to run back to the office to go grab. And I'm not saying you forgot things, but you just didn't remember them. It's fine. And so... <laughs> It, it really is like there are so many details that are going, and we have to try to rank those things. And so it's not, not in any way, shape, or form to be insensitive to those, but just trying to rank, okay, if there's, if there's a really small percentage that need that, we want to come up with a good solution, a helpful solution um, to make that possible. I thought we had found at one point, or we were trying to look into see if there were just those community cups that were gluten-free in and of themselves. We were still kind of in process with that? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Basically, we haven't found any um, communion cups, so it would have to be some separate process, and we just haven't had the bandwidth to come up with a, a, a solution we can consistently implement. So it's on our radar. And being respectful to the school and their rules for prepackaged stuff and all that kind of some, some yeah. messaging here. So. Yeah. If anybody had a heart for gluten-free ministry <laughs> and wanted to each week come and set that up, you know, you can... I mean, part of it, I mean, part of it also is, too, like, okay, so, again, just trying to think through all this. Carla, and she leads our financial stewards and communion team, and they do a bang-up job. They're phenomenal. But 
just passing out the offering in the community in this space is already tricky enough. I mean, if you've been here at any time, it's like, well, who do I pass it to? And it hits the end of the row in these inefficiently laid out sections. And so trying to have, like, do we have another bucket that we go to? Do we have, are the financial steward teams trying to pass out two buckets? We have to keep them, especially for those with, with actual, like, celiac disease where it's a very serious health concern. We have to keep them very separated. So it just now creates double the work for those volunteer teams. So we're just trying to think through all of those things from every different angle. Um, it's not an, an, an attempt to be, like, uncaring or unloving in that. It's just, it is a, it's a bigger challenge than it first sounds like. At first, like, oh, yeah, easy, let's do it. If there was a, a reasonably priced, uh, you know, gluten-free option, I think we'd say, yes, pull the trigger on that, and we'll all go gluty uh, for Jesus, so. We did find a different one that's a little better, uh, that we're just trying to get rid of our old inventory. Anyways. <laughs> We're sorry. We were going for the cheapest possible, and they're bad. Uh, is there an update about the prayer team and how that ministry is serving the church? Yeah, so, um, and I'm working with, with Michael Eller, our friend Michael, uh, on this pretty, pretty closely uh, right now. This room, as you've heard many of us say before, is, is not terribly efficient as far as space for, especially lots of upfront things like what we used to do in the other, uh, on the other campus. And so we're rethinking it in a number of different ways and trying to make prayer more accessible in ways that work for this space. Uh, Michael and I were just talking even yesterday just about um, a communication, it was this morning, yeah, um, that, that's going to go out very soon to the team that was serving in that prayer capacity of just some, some ways, some ideas we've got for, for doing more of that. Um, so there'll be more to say uh, about that soon. It's certainly still a huge priority for us. Um, we still will have prayer team up front in, for special services where we expect and anticipate uh, a heavy prayer response if there's a particularly heavy topic like we've done some in the past. Um, we're going to try and make prayer more accessible online. Right now it's not terribly accessible from our public-facing website. It's, you can get to it from a CCB, from our internal uh, online presence, but not very easily from the webpage. And so we're going to do a number of different things to try and make that more available. We're going to open up an opportunity for folks who feel uh, like they're kind of prayer warrior types to come and pray before each service uh, and just pray for the teaching that's going to go on all around the building and pray for all sorts of other things. And so we're going to repurpose that team a little bit in, in, in a number of different ways. So more to be said about that, but that's a little bit about it. Come talk to Michael. Come talk to me. We can talk more about that. A uh, question about the status of the last Mars Hill building sale. When does the current lease end, and what is the outlook on finding and purchasing a building? So rolling those all together, uh, the final building that they had to sell was the central offices, and that did close. It is done, and there is basically no money left uh, from the sale of the building because they had to do environmental cleanup. It was a toxic dump that we were working in. And uh, so... Um, and what little money there was actually has to go uh, into an account for lawyers that have to be kept on retainer for the next few years in case anything comes up. So uh, no more money coming from Mars Hill, but it is done. <laughs> done. Um, our lease here, uh, it, it, we are set on an, uh, the school calendar, so they do it year by year. So when the school year started, we got a lease for the school year, basically, uh, but it's basically set that... Like, the last church that was here was here 10 years. Like, they're happy to keep us uh, as long as things, you know, as long as we want to stay. As long as you keep your kids out of the hallway. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's funny. Before we moved in here, Pastor, regular Joe. Regular Joe. Regular Joe, then Pastor Joe. 
Uh, he was saying, like, guys, this is just a killer. We can't, man, going into a setup teardown is going to suck the life out of the church. Like, we've got to get out of there as fast as possible. We need to be looking for a building. Literally, the first Sunday here, as we're walking out, he's like, man, we need to stay there as long as we can. This is amazing. <laughs> um, this really is a sweet deal. Like, between the offices in here, like, this space is so much. We've been joking. Like, anywhere we get now is going to be a downgrade from here. Like, the cost of real estate and whatnot. Like, we're not going to find something else this warm and engaging and spacious. And, uh, and, and honestly, uh, for the rates we're paying, like, we're paying less money for this space and our office lease than we were at the old school and the storage unit. So um, God's been really gracious. So we're not in a rush. Um, We feel very comfortable to stay here and to keep saving money. We have a lot of room for growth uh, in the the auditorium here. Um, So so we're kind of in the man with whatever money comes in above and beyond budget that just increases our saving and that saving, we want to keep a good chunk for, you know, rainy days. Like an ideal would be a six to nine months. And we actually are almost at a full year of emergency fund. So we would ideally keep six to, to, to nine months at a minimum. And then anything above and beyond that could be used for building purchase. And we probably need to be thinking in the range of having um, probably close to two to two and a half million for down payment. Um, and renovations and things of that nature. So if you think about it, it's taken about a year to save a million. If we continue at that pace, uh, excuse me, two years uh, to, to save about a million. So if we're trying to get two and a half million, uh, give us, you know, two, three more years. Yeah, two, three more years or, or whatnot. So who knows what God will do, but. you were by the money sermon this morning. Yeah. So we're in no rush, but. Can we ask Jamin real quick? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, it's actually been super smooth uh, bringing the trailer here, loaded full of stuff, um, and uh, actually load in, load out. Everything's been really, really great. We're going to start getting into the dark months for the first time here, loading out in the darkness, um, loading in, I guess, in the darkness. Um, but no, we have, um, uh, as far as help, we're going to start getting a, ro- a rotation together, and I think it's going to be pretty good. If anybody does have um, a larger, probably one-ton truck, if they're able to... Um, Help once a month, or once every couple months. That would probably would be helpful. But we are we're doing we're doing good. It's 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 um, surprisingly smooth. I think that would like you were saying that was one of the points when we thought we were going to be we we're going to be mobile and doing setup that that was going to be the, the hardest part. And I think um, it's been a lot of fun and everybody enjoys sitting down and sharing a meal together afterwards. So, can you all say thank you to Jamin for doing that? <laughs> Pastor Jamin. I'm just reading them as they come. Why do we have so many great pastors? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> did, you, did you save that one? Yeah. He saved that one. I saved that one. I like to keep encouragement when it comes through. <laughs> Thank you, Dale. Thank you, Dale. Um, yeah, uh, so this is asking, it looks like we have about one year's worth of operating expenses saved. Yes, uh, and yes, for rainy day slash future building. Um, uh, initial slide showed a budget of 96,000 a month. I think that was an error. Uh, 86 is the operating, uh, estimate. Um, and, and I think we touched on this, but the way we landed on that is we basically looked at what was our revenue last year. 
uh, minus a few like really significant gifts that were given. And we kind of said, okay, take those out. What was our average giving? And then we said, let's assume that we just stay consistent through the next year. Don't lose a lot of people in the move. So it was a pretty conservative approach to... to Oh, yeah, it also, because it said, where it said actual was actually the budget, um, that might have been the, the miss there. Uh, what's the status and objective for the church health team this coming quarter? Status and objective? Four, I'm sorry. Church health team. Church health team. Yeah, so um, according to the bylaws, there's the budget numbers, by the way, if you see. So the budget, the actual and the budgeted are, are, are flip-flop from, yeah, Pastor Aaron's taking responsibility for that. Uh, Objective for the church health team, per the bylaws, is for them to produce at least one annual report uh, for the elders that would uh, highlight some facet of the health of the church uh, each year. So that's their primary deliverable each year is this one report that would cover some element of health. So the, in theory, what we would do, we would meet at the beginning of each year, we would plan it out, and we would say, okay, last year we did something that was kind of all areas over the whole church. Now we're going to focus in this year on um, community groups. And so we're just going to focus on health and community groups. And so it's going to flow. It's going to be different from year to year as to what we focus on based on where we anticipate the greatest need to be. Um, if you guys have ideas on that, we would welcome all that, but it'll be a decision that eventually be made by the elders and the church health team to decide, okay, where are we going to focus on for the year? Uh, that report would then be created, the, it would, if it's surveys or whatever else it is, or it's interviews or whatever else it is with certain segments of the body, sometimes the whole body, and then the results of that would be given to the elders and the church health team. We would discuss it together and figure out, okay, what are the best ways for us to uh, suggest improvements and things like that? And then we'd communicate those to you as appropriate. So that's kind of the way that a a typical year on the church health team will run. Right now, we're looking at a couple different surveys that uh, Lifeway has, one that's a discipleship survey, another one that is a a, a more holistic church health survey uh, to be one of the tools that we use right out of the gate. Uh, Another thing that we're looking at doing is creating, we're creating our own internal survey that's based specifically on our mission statement and our values. And so for each point of the mission statement, for each point, for each church value, we would have several questions set up. And so that would be a little more specific to us. So it's likely that we will have something like that that we will use uh, for for one year at least. Uh, And so those are the kinds of things that we're doing on the church health team right now. Again, we're just kind of getting timelines and uh, deliverables and dates and all those things kind of set back up now that we've kind of got our feet under us again uh, after Sienna, who was leading the team, moved. All right, there's a couple of ones. I want to be respectful of our time here, and so I'm going to take a couple of more real quick. Uh, related to Acts, I'm sorry, um, Right Now Media, a couple different questions about using Right Now Media. There's an app on Apple TV, et cetera. Um, they, also, the question came in, how do we know that the content on Right Now Media is good because there's a lot of garbage that is put out under the name Christian Media? Uh, I think that was the literal first question I had as well because I, I wasn't at the presentation. Uh, so the leadership team can curate it. So they've got this massive resource you can go through, you can check, you know, this, these sort of yes to these ones, no to these other ones. And so we will, at some point during the onboarding process, actually go through and curate it and censor all the bad stuff out for you people. So uh, that's... We also get to create kind of our own church page. And so when you go, we can, in essence, highlight recommended resources. So we can populate kind of, hey, these are the things we would recommend. So while we're not going to be able to... We can look for people we know we don't want you listening to, and then we can highlight things we do want you listening to, and then there's going to be a tons of other stuff for you to explore and let us know what you like, and if we come across other resources, we can highlight them as well. Any of you heresy hunters can report back to us and let us know. So, 
<laughs> That's actually one of the shows on right now, media is heresy hunters. So. <laughs> um, there were a couple of other questions related to the network, and so since that was probably the predominant one, I want to, oh, one other real quick one, and then yeah, I'll do the network stuff. So um, one of the issues with our student ministry on Wednesday nights is there are a good number of students who can't get rides to our offices regularly or get rides home. And right now, Kyle has a, a full slate of leaders. There's, a, there's a, a good full leadership team who are all helping out and investing in student ministry. But we often hear people say, oh, I'd love to get involved with student ministry because it is a cool thing to do. It's a good place to invest. If any of you are looking to get involved in investing in the student ministry in a like, less traditional way, Giving rides would be a huge one. If you're available for an hour before the student ministry starts or an hour after the student ministry is over and you could give some rides, uh, maybe somebody kind of up north who can kind of go from the offices up north and then maybe someone further south like in the Northgate or Lake City area, we could definitely use that. So Kyle, if anybody doesn't know Kyle, Kyle, wave your hand. He's the guy to talk to. That's something we're going to start kind of recruiting for to see if we can get other rides. The other kind of predominant question that kind of came through just really having to do with networking and, and, and talking a few things. So one of the questions was, how is Sojourn different from Acts 29? Um, I would say that uh, I can't speak authoritatively about Acts 29 because, again, I don't have a lot of deep relationship with Acts 29. Uh, I can tell you one thing that's different for sure is that Acts 29 in the Seattle, Puget Sound, Pacific Northwest region specifically has really, really suffered, particularly because of all of the stuff related to Mars Hill. Uh, as I've talked with other pastors around the country and as they've engaged, Acts 29 seems to have really um, turned a corner and is heading in a really good and really healthy direction. But in the Pacific Northwest in, in general, because it was so closely tied with Mars Hill, the reputation of the network has suffered, the relationships between the pastors have suffered, and it's not been in a particularly... Um, it's not been in a place of real thriving for the last few years. That's neither here nor there. That, I, that much I know. They, they, just, they need some help, and they need some, some time, and they need, uh, I believe that God will be faithful to, to restore all pockets of that network. However, for us, uh, as we have ourselves been through some real challenges in the last couple of years, did not feel like it was prudent to align ourselves with a network that was itself going through a bunch of upheaval and trying to wrestle through leadership transitions and all that kind of stuff. So we said, hey, let's look outside and elsewhere. And again, I mean it sincerely, there's just not a ton of relationship there. And so the relationships that already existed with Sojourn made it a more natural fit. Other than that, there's, there's a high degree of alignment. I mean, they're both focused on uh, planting churches, both focused on, um, you know, solid biblical doctrine, reformed theology, all that kind of stuff. So there's a lot of overlap there. What are you going to say? Wouldn't you say church health, too, is one of the things that yeah. Sojourn emphasized much more? Yeah. So Sojourn has really emphasized the idea of church, healthy churches, planting healthy churches, maybe above and beyond what Acts 29. I don't think that Acts 29 is interested in planting unhealthy churches, but I just mean that that's a focus of Sojourn. Um, so just a lot of a really good benefit there. And the other thing is Acts 29 is over 600 churches now, and Sojourn is 35 or 37. So um, it's much easier. I, can, I could literally, actually Dave Harvey, the director of the network, just texted me day before yesterday and said, hey, praying for your meeting on Sunday. So like that level of smallness, connectivity, relationship really, really helps a lot. So the other thing was somebody was saying, you know, it's 5%, is, that's a pretty significant commitment. Uh, I would say... Yes, first of all, just for context, Acts 29 asks for 10. Um, other denominations that you'd be doing might be 5% of the, so it's 5% of the overall budgeted revenue. So right off the top, 5% off the top. Now for us, um, that's a good question. I, I highlighted this in the blog, but for us, 
ever since we set up the budget, we set aside, we wanted to do kind of the 80-10-10 principle. So we want to live off of 80%, we want to save 10%, and then we want to just give away 10%. Just straight up, just give it away, it comes in, we want to give it to other churches, other ministries. And so we have earmarked that money in the budget, and a lot of our operating expense, the reason why we've been so low, is because that money has been earmarked, we haven't spent it, but we also haven't identified specific partners to give it to yet. Because we want to be really thoughtful. We don't want to just throw the money away. We want to be really thoughtful in who we partner with and who we give it to. So all that to say, the money is there. It's already been built into the budget. Uh, Sojourn was gracious and said we could have a period of time if we needed to, to ramp up to 5%. I think they had offered something like three years, start at 1%, move your way up to 5%. I don't know that it's going to take us that long anyways, because we're basically right there in terms of operating expenses and the money being budgeted. But it's also not a it's not, um, it seems like a lot in terms of, yeah, 5% to any one thing. But for us, it's an intentional statement of we want to partner with what God is doing through this network. And so it's an investment. It's an investment. It's not a bill to be paid. It really is a, hey, we believe in this network. We believe in leadership. There's some tried and true people who have been through some rougher situations than even we've been through. And we've seen God bring good fruit out of it. We've seen uh, firsthand the way that the leadership of the network has cared for the other pastors. I've personally seen, even just in a short time, some real camaraderie budding between um, especially the West Coast pastors. And I'm really excited and, and, and eager to make that investment. Uh, Jamin, Pastor Jamin, you want to say something too? Yeah, yeah. So I was going to add, so essentially that 5% is already in the budget that we saw because it's, uh, we're already giving away 10%. So uh, as we ramp it up, half of that 10% will go to Sojourn. So it's already budgeted and planned from the beginning, essentially, just direct where it's directed. And they, they do have a website. If you go to sojournnetwork.com, I think right now it'll take you to the conference page because they're pushing that. But if you click on the little home button, it'll take you. And there's a directory of all the churches that are part of Sojourn. There's resources, downloadable stuff. You can see their whole theological statement. If you want to go to our page first, a lot of that stuff is already directly linked to in the, in the blogs that we wrote. So with that said, I, I know there's probably a lot more. Um, we sincerely do relish your further questions, comments, things like that. Um, as always, my email is shane at uh, soundcitybiblechurch.com. Yeah, I want to take a few minutes for prayer and then making sure we're out of here on time. So was there anything else urgent or pressing? Uh, mission trips and women's ministry. Missions trip and women's ministry? I love them. Um, <laughs> do the women's ministry want to go on a missions trip? Is that what we're saying? So um, sure. we actually uh, have... Pastor Doug Freiberg has been going to a mission in Mexico for years, and we are talking about having some folks go and look at um, putting together a mission trip that we can start going to. Pastor Aaron's actually been to that mission before as well. So yes, we're looking at that. There's also a a woman here in the church who has founded uh, a mission in Africa, and so we're, uh, sorry, Uganda, Uh, and so we will be uh, looking to hear more about that and possibly having opportunities in the future there as well. And then that's one of those things like, um, just real quick, that's one of those things like we don't, we don't really know that as a church, like international missions. That's going to be new for us. So that's something where, again, a network and resources could come alongside and say, hey, here's what to do. Here's some pitfalls to avoid. So as we start to kind of dip our toe in the waters of international missions, uh, really hoping to be able to lean on Sojourn with some of that. And then regarding women's ministry, uh, in essence, all the folks that ran it in the past have been just totally maxed. Uh, we've kind of said we would love to have resources and things for women, uh, but we haven't had anyone to lead that. Um, and the few that have have just kind of been leading individual Bible studies. Uh, so 
it's kind of one of those, we would love to support folks and have more resources, uh, start doing quarterly classes as supplement to community groups. Uh, we just need people to step forward to lead those. So if you have a heart for that, let us know, and we can help you communicate that opportunity out to the church. Yeah, all I would add to that is just, um, and this is not completely fleshed out and, and, and uh, set in stone either, but just principally speaking, we want to be really careful. We kind of have a less is more mentality as we talk about the, the, the ministries that we add. We, we don't, we're not seeking to be a church that has 100 things on a menu uh, for our folks to choose from. We want to do the things that we feel like God's called us to do really, really well. Um, and so as we think about men's ministry, women's ministry, dogs and cats, ministry, whatever, whatever it is, we just want to be really careful not to... Um, not to cannibalize the things that we think are central. And so as we think about men's and women's ministry, what we want to make sure we do, for example, is not let that become a replacement for community groups, especially for those who are married. And so there's other things like that that come into the conversation as well. And so while we're not particularly against uh, opportunities and we know there's a great value in men getting together with men, women getting together with women, um, discipleship opportunities for them, yes. Maybe making a whole ministry out of any one of those particular facets uh, where it's this full-blown ministry like you've seen in some churches. We want to be really careful with that. Hope that makes sense, and we can talk more about it. Yep. And the we're also playing around with some creative ideas. Like, so, you know, what, what, what did happen in the past, like for the women's midweek study, for example, we just don't have that space, that building to pull out tables and, and vases and all that kind of stuff. We have a, a relatively limited space. Um, so it's going to be probably a little more grassroots. You know, if gals want to get together at home, do a study, maybe using some of the Right Now Media or other book studies. We actually have some of those going already right now. So the answer to that is yes, as far as turning it into a full-blown program, um, you know, we're just going to kind of work our way in time to those sorts of things, being really careful to say yes to those things that God has specifically called us to. But when I say creative ideas, like, you know, we don't have a spot like this. We, don't, we can't just come in here on like a, a Friday night necessarily and do a big men's conference or a women's conference. So we're talking about maybe we borrow somebody else's church building and we do a, a ladies, you know, retreat or a ladies weekend or a guys thing. I've actually thought about doing something like a parenting conference where we, we only have, you know, 40, 50 people come to the offices, but then we do like a live stream online and people could log on to it, you know, from home and parents can let your kids just play and hang out. We'll do a parenting conference on a Saturday morning or something like that. We're just, we're toying around with some creative ideas because this space and the offices and all that makes some unusual challenges for us. And so, uh, yeah, it's time to get creative. Number one, let me just say this. I'm really thankful for people asking about that. What, what I'm, more of the message that we would want to say is like, hey, come talk to us. Let us be involved in that. But if you feel like God's leading you towards something, let us help you work on launching something like that uh, because we want to say yes to the, the saints doing the work of the ministry. So let us help support you. Let us help launch you. Let us help vet the program, the process. And then yes and amen. Let's, let's, let's be discipled. Let's go uh, make disciples like we said that God's called us to. With that said, we're going to be, we need to wrap up here. So what I want to do, I do want to take a, a few minutes. Let's do this. Do you have an ability to throw a countdown timer on? I want to take five minutes to pray together, maybe in some groups, in your rows, your aisles. And then when we're done, we do have to pack up what is remaining to get out. So anybody who's available to stick around for an extra 15, 20 minutes and help, that'd be very much appreciated. We have minimal production stuff to tear down. Is there stuff, some kids stuff to tear down? So let's take a few minutes together and pray. And then if you want to go help with kids stuff, Find Pastor Shane. If you want to help with the sound production stuff, find me. Let's put five minutes up on the clock. These are just some prayer points. This is just suggestions. Feel free to, if God lays anything else on your heart, to pray otherwise. Jonathan, you have some quiet of the background music just to throw in real gently, and then we'll all uh, convene back together here in about 
uh, five minutes. All right, ready? On your mark. You guys remember how to do this? You guys remember how to pray together? Remember? All right, ready? On your mark, get set and pray. Father, we thank you for your goodness and your grace to us as a church. We give you thanks. We give you praise. God, anything good that we have here is not about us. We don't get to take credit for it. We don't get to brag about it. We simply get to come to you and say, thank you, Jesus, for your goodness. Thank you for your grace. God, thank you for salvation. Thank you for new life in Christ. Thank you for uh, discipleship that's happening and people growing in their, uh, just they're following you and they're growing in their, uh, their healing and the redemptive work you're doing in their lives. God, we pray uh, for the future of Sound City Bible Church as we turn our attention to this next season, what you have before us. God, I pray that you would um, continue to raise up new leaders. You would strengthen those who are already serving and, and leading. But God, we, we ask and pray that you would uh, raise up new workers, new laborers to send into the fields because uh, we do believe that the, the harvest fields are ripe. And God, we pray for an increased season of evangelism for us as a church, that we would uh, each individually see our role and our part to speak to others about the work that God has done for us in Christ Jesus. And Lord, we pray that you would uh, just lead us and guide us going forward, uh, in particular with this partnership with the Sojourn Network, God. So thankful for this opportunity. So thankful, God, for the ways in which they have already loved and cared for and served this church in the last year and a half, even though we haven't even been a part of the network. So thankful for that. God, I ask and pray uh, for all of my friends as we go. God, would you keep us safe? Would you keep our hearts focused on Jesus? Would you bring us back together soon so that we could worship our Savior, we could open the scriptures, we could learn and grow and be transformed and seek to share that with anyone and everyone else that you put in our paths. We thank you, we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, church family, I love you very much.